0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at trustmark.com, member FDIC
1: From MPB Think Radio, this is Money Talks. Kevin Farrell, along with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, President of New Perspectives, and ryder Taft, Portfolio Manager at New Perspectives. Nancy and Ryder are both chartered financial analysts. Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Most Americans are more concerned about retirement now than they were a year ago. We have a list of the biggest concerns Americans share about retirement, and our experts will give their suggestions to help allay those fears. We're not taking your calls today. It's drive time for the fall. While you listen to our show, you can spend three minutes online giving at mpbonline.org or you can call 1-888-372-4483. Good morning, Nancy. What financial news would you like to share with us today?
0: Oh, my goodness. Um, I think for investors, the oxygen is being sucked out of the room by a couple of things. First, there's an election two weeks away, but the markets are responding pretty well, uh, which means it's becoming more and more in focus about those results. Um, But the bigger issue has to be a stimulus package, and none has arrived. We keep hearing about talks, and it's probably going to be after the election, maybe even after the first of the year before we get another fiscal stimulus package that will spur things on.
1: Uh, Ryder, what do we need to know from the financial world and from your perspective?
2: So an interesting story this year uh, that's maybe gone a little under the radar has been housing. And I mean I say a little under the radar. Everyone's been talking about it. But it is a massive part of our economy. It's about like a, a, a quarter to a third of your household budget. I mean it's a big part of the economy uh, both, on, both on a personal and national level. Um you know, we saw. You know, when everyone went into lockdowns, uh, a lot of you know younger folks in cities, you know, maybe went home to live with parents for a little while. Um, uh, folks moving out of cities. There's a lot of news about uh, lower uh, rent prices, uh, especially in large, especially, large cities, and especially in large cities that were in high demand previously. Uh, you think uh, New York, San Francisco, Chicago area. Um, uh, but as well, you know, that was. The other side of that was a greater demand for single-family houses in, you know, in the suburbs, in smaller towns, et cetera. So, you know, you've kind of had just weird things going on in the housing market, and so kind of some of the news around that uh, out recently is talking about how many homes they have started to build. Um, that fell precipitously. Housing starts fell from about one and a half million a month to less than a million a month in April. And they're bouncing back. They're getting close to that one and a half million where they were before. Um, but really, overall, um, kind of historically, we are still at a very low uh, housing units growth. Um, you know, after the 2008 recession, uh, it just fell to next to nothing, um, and it just has not recovered uh, to back to previous levels. I mean, uh, you know, back in 2008. That was a high year, of course, but um, you know, 2002 to 2008, you saw it grow from 1.5 to 2 million a month. Um, 2008 it was a half a million a month, um, and and so we're still not back to those old levels, um, which is you know part of the reason you know people talk about oh, house prices are so much more than they used to be. So that's a very interesting story. A lot going on there um, to cover.
1: This is Money Talks. We're not taking phone calls today, but if you have a financial, uh, personal finance question that needs answering, you can always email it, money at mpbonline.org. Today we are talking about something from SimpleWise. They recently identified the top seven retirement concerns for Americans in 2020, and we'll talk about a few of them during this hour. Uh, number one on the list of concerns is Social Security will be gone. More than half, 55% of Americans are concerned Social Security will run dry by the time they need it. So far, though, each generation has taken steps to ensure that Social Security survives. So, Nancy, will Social Security run out of money?
0: Well, not actually. Um, Social Security does represent a big portion of retirees' income, on average about 40%. In some cases, we see it much higher than that, depending on your needs. But it is a really important part of uh, retiree income. What we have seen is this inability to address shortfalls, and the last time Social Security was adjusted was in 1983. We have a problem here in the United States, and the problem is we have an aging population, and more and more of us are going on the Social Security rolls, on the Medicare rolls, and that's what's really causing this issue. Social Security is a pay-it-forward type of a program. And that means the money that I'm paying in from my paycheck right now is going into my parents' Social Security benefits that they are receiving. That's how it works. And we need to come back and look at what we're collecting because we do have an endpoint where it won't be totally out of money, but it won't have enough with the money coming in to fully fund what needs to go out When we started social security we had seven workers for every retiree we're down to three workers for every retiree and we're going to go to two workers for every retiree that is not enough for new uh, taxes coming in to cover what has to go out so we do need to address it if we don't then people who are getting those benefits may only get about 70 percent of what they normally would now there are ways to get around that but again Congress just needs to um, compromise and decide how to address this. There are only a couple of ways to do it. We either have to um, increase the Social Security tax, and there are many proposals about that, or we have to decrease the benefit. There are only two ways to approach it, and we definitely need to do that to make it sustainable.
1: So, and we've mentioned that uh, generations have taken steps to ensure Social Security survives, and you just mentioned the two primary ways. Uh, Has each way been tried in the past?
0: Yes, it has. And um, certainly the benefits that I am going to be getting when I reach that age are less than what my parents are getting. They have been adjusted. Um, We are taxing more of those benefits. Um, We have seen adjustments in the tax paid in along the way. So some combination is what we'll have to do in order to keep it sustainable. And bear in mind, when Social Security was first um, enacted in 1934, I think it was, it was very controversial. But these days, you know, by golly, people love Social Security, and it's an important part of retirement income. It is a defined benefit plan, like a pension plan. It just depends on you continuing to work and being able, able to draw based on your earnings through the years.
1: Uh, so, Ryder, do you have calming words for anyone uh, worried about Social Security drying up and running out of money?
2: <laughs> um, I don't know if I have calming words. Um, just to pull out a tiny piece of what Nancy said, you know, it does depend on uh, the politicians we elect Uh reminder to vote in two weeks um the politicians we elect it it depends on them coming together and and coming up with some solution which is as nancy said some combination of you know raise the amount of money that is being put in there uh or or change the benefits in such a way that well Let's be honest. Decrease the benefit, so uh, it's not really calming. If I'm saying you're just going to have to trust politicians over the next uh, ten to twenty years, um, but but that that's that's who has the power to make the difference. Without there being a massive surge of younger workers um, in the U.S., it, it's um, that we need we need legal change.
1: Uh, so Nancy, with uh, the discussion we've just had. Um, How should Social Security be part of someone's retirement plans?
0: Well, when we sit down with someone, uh, we want to know what their benefits will be. And it's great now because we've had programs where Sean from Social Security, who's a wonderful resource, has told us um, that they – Um, set up an online resource tool so you can get your actual benefits it's not an estimate and you can look at those and you can see what if I start drawing at 62 which almost half of the people do and you leave a lot of money on the table or do I draw at full retirement age which is going to be anywhere from 66 to 67 depending on your birth year or I wait till age 70. So we look at those numbers we look at what other income someone could have. Do they have other pensions out there? And of course, those pensions are disappearing. They're becoming dinosaurs. So, there aren't many people out there who still have pensions? Um, as you know, Kevin, you still do because you are a state employee, and we still see these. Uh, excuse me, see states offering pensions, but then we have to look at well, what pile of money have you accumulated through your 401k through other investments through savings that you have and how will that money be able to pay you an income in retirement and it's all about putting that picture together and of course it all comes down to well you know what is your lifestyle in retirement how much money do you need to make
1: it and if you want to go back uh, we had our friend sean mercer on july 7th of 2020 you can find that on our archive Thanks for listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. MPB's fall on-air fundraising campaign is happening right now. It's an opportunity to support your community through a gift to this non-for-profit radio station. We call it drive time. Hi, I'm Walt Grayson. You can now listen to the wild, weird, and wonderful stories of Mississippi with Mile Marker.
0: We are a You Could Drive-In Theater. We're the last operating drive-in
1: in in the state of Mississippi. Join me as we hit the roads of Mississippi on Mile Marker.
0: Freak me out that you could come and drive your car and park and watch the movie outside.
1: You can listen by going to mpbonline.org slash radio or by using your favorite podcasting app, Mile Marker, a Mississippi Roads podcast. You're listening to Money Talks and our website, moneytalks.mpbonline.org is one way to hear past Money Talks broadcasts. You can also download the MPB Public Media app. Then you get to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. Today, we're going over the top seven retirement concerns for Americans in 2020, as identified by the research company, SimplyWise. And we're on to number two, concerns outliving savings. So let's talk about the required minimum distributions uh, that have changed this year. Uh, As a reminder, Nancy, in normal years, what are the rules for the RMD? And again, remind us what RMDs are.
0: Minimum distribution. And it is a calculation based on the size of your uh, tax-deferred account and your age. And the idea is that uh, the government allowed us to put aside this money and get a tax break on the front end, but eventually they want their uh, pound of flesh out of that, and they take it when you start to take money out. And so you have this uh, set of rules that tells you how much you have to take out, the minimum amount you have to take out and be taxed on each year. As you mentioned, Kevin, we've had a rule change at the end of last year. It used to be 70 and a half. Now the age at which you must start taking required minimum distributions is 72. This applies to traditional IRAs, 403Bs, 401Ks, any kind of tax-deferred account. It does not apply to the Roth IRA.
1: Uh, any other uh, thing that you want to bring up about uh, the special rules uh, this year for the RMDs, Ryder?
2: Um, not particularly about the special rules for this year, but just a quick overview. People often ask, you know, how much is the RMD? How is that calculated? Oh, it's a bit of a mystery. It is simply looking at a actuarial table of how long you are expected to live. I know this is getting a bit grim. Um, how it's divide the account balance by how many years you're expected to live. So, you know, someone who is starting RMDs when they're seventy-two, they're expected to live another twenty-five point six years. So, roughly, they will take out roughly one twenty-fifth of their account, or about four um, percent. But of course, that increases every year. So, you know, say by the time you're eighty, you're taking out um, about five percent or a little more. By the time you're 90, if you live to, to 90, you know, uh, way to go, uh, you're taking out about 10% of your account. So it is an increasing percent of your account ultimately designed so that you will withdraw it over your lifetime.
0: And let me point out, um, Kevin, that this year they have waived the RMDs. They've said, oh my gosh, we had the market that dropped precipitously in March Uh, There's a pandemic, and we're not going to require people to take that out this year. And what that means for a lot of folks we work with is a tax savings. And so if they can find a way to find income without taking the RMD, we've encouraged them to do so so their tax bill is less.
1: So people who might be concerned about outliving their savings, um, everyone wants to have the same standard of living in retirement uh, that they did when they were working. Uh, If they're concerned about outliving their savings, is it realistic to maybe assume that your standard of living might be slightly lower and that maybe you need to do just a little bit of belt tightening? Nancy, what do you think?
0: Well, you certainly have to look at that going into retirement. And, um, you know, some people want to spend more in retirement because now they have more time to travel and do all kinds of things. So you really have to look at, well, what, what is your life going to look like in retirement? Um, we know that middle part is when people kind of slow down a bit. They're not traveling as much. They're staying close to home. They don't spend as much. And then we have to be concerned about the back end where we start to have health crises that hit us. And really start to tap into our savings, which is where most people have their concerns. Will I have enough? And it's this strange thing when you talk to people who are getting ready to retire, I hear the same thing. It's just, oh my gosh, this is the last penny I'll ever earn. Will I have enough? And it doesn't matter how much they've accumulated, I still see that anxiety and that concern. And what we try to do is alleviate that by looking just at the numbers. And, yes, we have to look at expenses. And in some cases, we have to say, you're going to have to spend less or you're not going to make it.
1: So Ryder, if someone is having to uh, maybe cut back uh, when they enter retirement, what do you think some uh, maybe some obvious places to look at someone's budget standard of living is uh, as they retire to maybe still enjoy life, but not maybe not so extravagantly.
2: You know, I want to start with actually something that's uh, maybe one that they shouldn't look at. A lot of people uh, talk about um, downsizing their housing. Um, but w- when you really look at the details, you know a lot of folks, you know, by the time they retire, maybe they they already own their home outright, um, and their houses, you know, maybe, you know, downsizing would involve moving to a place that's more expensive uh, per square foot. Um, you know, downsizing often only works. um, And sometimes it works, you know, phenomenal. You know, if you have a very expensive large house in San Francisco, and you decide to move uh, to Jackson, Mississippi to live in a small house, uh, then yeah, you're gonna you're gonna absolutely kill it um, on saving money there. So sometimes it does really work out, it's got to be a pretty dramatic change. Um, I I think, and, and again, that being one of the largest uh, parts of someone's uh, budget uh, and of someone's regular expenses generally. Um, I think housing is a good place to look, but you just have to be really careful about how you look.
1: This is Money Talks on MPB Think Radio, today going over the top seven retirement concerns for Americans in 2020, as uh, d- discovered by the research company Simplywise. Next on our list is paying medical bills. About 47% of Americans worry about paying medical bills in retirement. Uh, Nancy, where can folks learn more about Medicare?
0: Well, just go to the website, medicare.gov.gov and start there. You can also call. Um, And for a lot of people out there, there are um, folks in the insurance business who want to sell you a Medigap policy, which often we we desire to have that, who can help you through that. But you can learn on your own by going to the website. Learn about the, the alphabet soup of Medicare, what the different parts are. Um, whether you want to go with a Medicare Advantage plan, which is basically uh, an umbrella plan that covers all the parts, but be careful about Medicare Advantage because that usually limits you to the doctors and hospitals that you can go to, Um, and figure out what works for you. Understand that uh, what you're choosing now may change at the open enrollment next year.
1: Uh, Ryder, how about the uh, health savings account? If you would remind us what that is, and maybe some of the benefits of having one of those.
2: Yeah, so um, health savings account um, is it's a tax advantage account where you can put a little bit of money in every year. I believe the limit for this year is thirty six hundred for an individual. Um, you can put in thirty six hundred dollars uh, every year uh, for medical and use it later for medical expenses. Um, a couple things about it: When you put the money in, you can deduct that on your taxes. Uh, you are only eligible for a health savings account if you have a high deductible um, plan, a qualified high deductible plan. I'm not quite sure what the limits on high deductible plans are this year, this year, but it involves both the deductible and the out-of-pocket max. Um, so, one of the cool features of some HSAs, uh, health savings accounts, is that. Uh, they will allow you to invest that money to let it grow uh, because, you know, while you're young, it may make sense to put money away for later for your retirement when you may have more medical expenses. Um, and it's also pretty generous on what you can spend it on um, in retirement, Uh or really any time, as long as it's a medical expense. You're not going to pay taxes on it when it comes out. Um, So it's an interesting little benefit. uh, For some folks, it is definitely part of an ongoing financial strategy um, if it is available to you.
1: And a reminder last uh October 15th 10-15, 2019 we did have a show about Medicare uh that you could go back there to review some things but as our producer Liz Gill reminds us uh make sure that uh, you uh, that uh, some information hasn't been updated so that might be a, a good place to start but you want to follow up to make sure the situation is the same uh, in 2020. Number 4 on our list. Yes. Uh, can yeah, I, go can ahead. I just
0: mention with with Medicare? Um, you have a five-month window to sign up around your 65th birthday. Uh, those five months include the month of your birth uh, date, uh, two months before and two months after. You want to make sure you sign up within that window. If you miss that window and sign up later, you're going to have higher premiums from here on out. And so you want to make sure you do it the right way, get educated, learn about them, and go ahead and choose.
1: All right, a couple minutes before our next break. So let's move on to number four on the list. It's the top seven retirement concerns for Americans in 2020, uh, as the, uh, researched by the research company Simply Wise. And number four is paying daily living expenses. Nearly four in 10 Americans are concerned about being able to afford living expenses in retirement. The worry may be amplified by the fact that one in five Americans could not currently last more than two weeks on their savings. So, Nancy, how do you estimate your retirement income?
0: Well, as I said earlier, you start by looking at what is your Social Security benefit. And um, if we're looking at a couple, well, we have to look at what each one of them will draw, how will they draw, will they start drawing early at 62, wait to full retirement age, or delay till age 70. And uh, then we look at do you have other pensions, as I also mentioned before, Fewer and fewer people we talk to even have a pension. But some folks still have that piece as part of their retirement. And then we back up to look at what kind of portfolio have you accumulated beyond that.
1: You're listening to Money Talks on MPB Think Radio. Please think about why you chose MPB as your station for news and thoughtful discussion. And then support everything you love about MPB by contributing what you think is fair. You can do that by calling 888 888- 372 4483 or give in three minutes online at mpbonline.org.
0: Support for MPB comes from Trustmark, a financial partner for businesses throughout the South for 130 years. Trustmark offers a range of products and services designed to help small businesses efficiently manage finances. More info at Trustmark.com, member FDIC. Hi, it's Rachel Martin with NPR's Morning Edition. People have stories about their car. That long, summertime family road trip. That hand-me-down first car they got when they turned 16. The first car they bought on their own. And cars can generate other kinds of stories. Like the kind you hear on this station. When you donate a vehicle to this station, the proceeds bring you stories from around the world. Here's how to get started. Donate your car, motorcycle, boat, or RV by going to mpbonline.org.
1: Money Talks is MPB Think Radio's personal finance broadcast. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, and Ryder Taft, portfolio manager at New Perspectives. They both are chartered financial analysts, and Ryder holds the Certificate in Investment Performance Measurement from the CFA Institute. Today we're going over the top seven retirement concerns for Americans in 2020. Number five is not being able to retire at all. SimplyWise, the compiler of the list, found that 72% of Americans plan to continue working in retirement. 24% plan to tap into their 401k to get by right now. More than a third have concerns that they won't be able to retire at all. So, Nancy, if I want to continue working after retiring from my real job, uh, what do you need to consider with respect to Social Security benefits? Well, you
0: only need to worry about this if you've taken early benefits, which is, Um, less than your full retirement age 66 to 67 a lot of people take them at 62 which is the first time you can draw and up until that point to until your full retirement age there's a limit to how much you can earn outside of that without it affecting your social security benefits and that limit is somewhere in the seventeen thousand range it does change every year and up until your full retirement age you're going to lose a dollar of benefits for every $2 of earnings over that uh, limit that you're given. Once you hit full retirement age, you can earn as much as you want to and still collect your full benefit. So it's only that little window that you have to watch out for.
1: All right. Um, Ryder, we mentioned tapping into the 401k to get by right now. Uh, why is that not a good idea?
2: Ooh, um, so ev- every dollar you pull out of your 401k, uh, if it's a traditional deferred 401k, every dollar that you pull out is taxable. Um, so if you're talking about tapping it before retirement, uh, you've got two uh, potential situations. One is that you're just too young. Uh, if you're under um, 59 and a half, you you're going to have uh, a penalty tax for withdrawing money out of the 401k. Now, there are... Uh, there are uh, there's some rules around that. There's 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 some ways to get around that. But generally speaking, you will have a higher penalty tax for taking money out of a 401k or IRA uh, before uh, that age. Um, also, if you are still working and you're still earning income, and you withdraw from an IRA or 401k, then you are generating additional taxable income for yourself. So that money is all gonna be taxed at your top bracket, um, maybe bump you into a higher tax bracket. So you're just gonna be getting, you know, I mean I would say less bang for your buck, but you'll get fewer dollars than you actually think you were drawing because of the tax hit. Um, And then lastly of course is just the concern that you won't have enough money when you really need it, when you are retired, when your only income is Social Security and you have to make up a large difference uh, to to fuel your cost of living, um, taking money out early, you know, say say you're five or ten years from retirement, that's five or ten years worth of growth that you are denying yourself. Uh, that's and and that can be significant as well.
1: Uh, hopping back to uh, the working in retirement uh, uh, issue for just a bit, Nancy, do they does anyone track how many Americans continue to work in retirement?
0: Um, we do follow that and. More importantly, we really pay attention to that when we're in recession. So a year like this year, you're going to see more and more people staying in the workforce or retiring and deciding to work part-time as they try to build more savings or try to build back their portfolio if it's taken hits. We certainly saw that after 2008-2009 when we had such a drop in portfolios. Um, But it just depends on what's happening in the overall economy.
1: And, you know, this this might change when I actually reach retirement, but my thought would be I might want to just get a part-time job simply out of boredom. I guess maybe I, I leave such a dull life. I'm afraid exactly, that I'm going yeah. to end up being that strange old dude at the end of the street who never gets out of his house. So Yeah, uh, a lot
0: of people um, do it because they, they want to be plugged in. They would like to have some sort of regular schedule. Um, maybe they don't want to work full-time, but and then they also just want the social interaction.
1: Also, you know, it, it would be comforting to me to work at a part-time job where, you know, if something goes wrong, you can uh, do the old, what, who was it, Johnny Paycheck, take this job and shove it. <laughs> it, it might be nice exactly, to yeah. be able to do that and realize that it's not going to be too much of a, of a negative impact for you. All right, let's move on. Number six on the list of the top seven retirement concerns for Americans in 2020, having too much debt. More than one quarter, 28 percent of Americans are concerned they'll have too much debt in retirement. However, obviously, if you focus on eliminating debt before retirement, you'll have more cash in retirement. Uh, Nancy, pros and cons of having a mortgage when you're retired.
0: Well, I hear this all the time, Kevin, because we have this mindset of, oh, my goodness, when I stop earning, when I retire, my house must be paid off. And I always say, not necessarily. Uh, Don't get excited about that that's the debt i'm not too worried about as long as you have enough income to cover payments our interest rates on mortgages are very low so it makes them very appealing to just let it ride um often i will see people sacrifice their liquid savings their cash uh, mutual funds stocks bonds etc because they're trying to pay down the house and the house is not liquid And you really need to have a lot of liquid assets in retirement that you can draw from for bigger events that might happen. And that's harder to do if you've pushed it all into a house. So just look at the overall picture as far as what your income is. Can you still maintain that mortgage comfortably? Is the interest rate on the mortgage low enough that you can earn more on your investments? Then it makes sense to let it ride.
1: So Ryder, I think everyone would say eliminating debt is a good idea. Uh, if someone is interested in, in trying to start, what are some ways to, to begin to pay it down?
2: Yeah, I think if you have debts that you would like to pay off, the first step is going to be prioritizing those debts. You know, if you have high interest credit card debt, um, even if it's you know maybe a smaller piece of the overall portion uh, of your overall portion, it is a it, it costs you a lot more to keep. Um, something like a you know a two and a half percent 30year mortgage that you might get right now uh, it's not going to be very important that you pay that off and then things like student loans you know, if you do have student loans you have to look at you know what are the terms of those student loans because you know there may be terms that make repaying it in one manner uh, more uh make more financial sense than another, you know, you know, maybe, maybe you could pay off this, you know, $50,000 student loan, but if it's going to be on an, you know, income based plan that offers forgiveness in five, 10, 15, 20 years, and you're looking at what your income is going to be, maybe that works out to be lower uh, overall payments for you. Um, So, You know, kind of cataloging and then prioritizing those debts uh, is going to be your first step. But, yeah, paying off debts is a good idea. That's that's, People want to do that.
1: And I think uh, when it comes to credit card debt, two approaches, I think both which have merit, uh, either start with the cards that have uh, the highest interest rate or the highest uh, balance, and uh, both ways, uh, established methods of paying down credit card debt, I think, that have been proven. But again, uh, something like this, it's get on it and stay on it, uh, and you'll see the benefits uh, begin to accumulate the more uh, you can stay at it. All right, so our last concern uh, on our list is feeling bored or lonely. Nearly one-quarter of Americans worry about feeling bored or lonely in retirement. Isolation can contribute to that feeling. More than one quarter of those 65 and older live alone, according to the Census Bureau. So, Nancy, Kevin, are, did you put this one in here? No. <laughs> you
2: were, you were, you were literally just saying, you are just saying what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to get a job so you won't be bored and lonely. <laughs> I,
1: I, I, and then I didn't even look at my script. I've been turning page by page. So yes, <laughs> I did jump the gun on this one. But this one is
2: uh, here for you,
1: <laughs> Nancy. What are some other ways that you could uh, avoid loneliness uh, in retirement?
0: Well, the fun part of uh, our job is to watch people who age and do it well. And uh, it's really funny to us uh, when we walk with people through this decision of retiring, and then after they retire, we're calling them and asking for meetings, and they'll say, well, I'm too busy. I'm, I'm thinking, <laughs> well, what are you doing every day? Um, but I think it's important to find things that give you meaning, that – that. Um, allow you to feel that you are still contributing and you're productive. And the people who do it right do that. They, uh, in many cases, they get involved with things they didn't have time to get involved with before, whether it's volunteer work or some special project. Um, a lot of our folks are helping with grandchildren, and they get great joy out of doing that. Um, so you do have to find ways to um, give yourself meaning and a reason to get up every morning.
1: I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Nancy lotter janderson and Ryder Taft. Money Talks is brought to you by MPB listeners who are also supporters. This is radio for the community, supported by the community. It's our fall on-air fundraising campaign. Give now at 888-372-4483 or do your part at mpbonline.org.
0: Every week, we explore practical advice about law, healthcare, and gardening. We delve into arts, cooking, and people and places that make our state great. Contribute now at mpbonline.org. MPB and you—let's do this together. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.